That's right. Rinkside is on 10. Episode 10, that is. And we're at 88 subs. That's only two away from 90. Add that button real quick and let us tell you about what's going down with this episode tonight. Chewy, how you doing? Good, potty potty. I am doing good. I got the new setup back here. We uh, had a little hype earlier. I got uh, the cards on the wall. Uh, new setup. I'm going to add probably a chair, a nice comfy chair back there for us to start recording. Things are going good. Uh, the season's only two weeks away, a week and a half away. Preseason starts next week. I'm super excited. How's everything going with you? Yeah, you know, doing fantastic. And uh, love the idea of Chewy's Corner where you can uh, do, you know, streams and record, talk about your card collection or read like books or whatnot. Um, anyways, uh, doing fantastic. You know, I'm sitting here with my two boys. I got gold and bronze from the world cup. Uh, you know, it's kind of heavy around the neck, but you know, things are looking rugged on this end. Um, so what have, uh, what were your thoughts on the world cup? Yeah, this was, uh, this was an awesome world cup. I didn't, uh, coach the first one. So this one, I had a lot more investment in, uh, coaching Canada red, it was a pretty awesome tournament. We had four USA teams, two Canada teams, a Europe team, and a rest of the world team. And uh, we had a lot of players uh, being able to represent their regions. Uh, a lot of great games and a lot of nail biters. And uh, like you said, uh, USA North won gold. Canada Red took home silver. And uh, USA East with the bronze. What was your thoughts on the tournament? This was your first World Cup, right? Yeah, this was my first World Cup, and I didn't even realize that this isn't occurring next season. It's going to be a whole two years until uh, we redo the World Cup. So uh, super grateful to be a part of it. Um, you know, to be transparent, uh, it, at first I was, you know, 100% East until we ended up uh, losing, but we did win, you know, in the bronze uh, medal game. So I thought that we really redeemed ourselves and showed our true colors. Um but once that kind of happened, then I was started really cheering for North because I was a part of it. And I remember seeing Potty play, and I was pretty satisfied with a few aspects, you know, of Potty's play. Um, you know, a, a couple numbers that I did think were noteworthy. So when the East used these, like, same strategies, there was, like, one period of time where we used different strategies for two games. That didn't work out. So what I've learned is, like, keep consistent with, you know, your strategy play. But we had a 60% power play conversion rate and a 75% power or uh, penalty kill rate. So I thought that, like overall our team did play pretty consistently and I take total ownership for, you know, not guiding them in the right direction for two games. There you go. How, how, how did you find coaching in the world cup different than uh, Warsaw? Did, like having a, a team of random players put together? Uh, you know, there were, the stakes were a lot higher and having a full roster, um, made it more meaningful where you positioned people. I remember going through the power play and penalty kill lines initially and kind of taking an overall based approach. But then I really began to look at the archetypes and began to, you know, categorize people where you would have one on, um, like Frank Castle and Doug Britton, where we had one on power play and one on penalty kill to kind of even out our overall team. So I thought we did really well um, in, in, in doing that. And it was a learning experience, um, certainly a faster pace of play in the pros. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, Rock Steele was the the USA North coach. It was his first time, uh, I believe, being part of any coaching staff in the league. So, I mean, if anyone's interested in, in trying out uh, being a coach, uh, the World Cup's definitely a great option because, you know, you could try it out for a few games, see if you like it. Maybe it, you turn into a, a pro or a minors uh, coach down the road. So, uh, for for two seasons down the line, if any, anyone's interested, definitely definitely throw your name in there. Yes, in view Chewy and myself as resources to enable you to become that you know to be more than just a player. Um, and uh, that's what Ringside's here for is a platform for you to build your future upon. Um, and speaking of that, let's talk about the agenda for today. We got an action-packed program for you. Um, starting off, we've got part one of our Place of the Week coverage on the World Cup. That's right, we have 16 World Cup clips, and they're all phenomenal. So we'll be showing you the first eight in this episode. Next, we'll have rinkside analyst Kevin Cushing answer two burning questions that our audience have been wondering. One, how did teams really perform last year? And two, who improved the most since last season? Finally, we'll wrap up with an interview with Trevor Lopez, Florida owner and general manager, and we'll kick it off to our Plays of the Week section now. All right, and let's put the first one live. Yep, so first up we got Canada Red, CJ Beamer on the draw back to Turkolino, over to Baker with a nice snipe past the European goalie. We'll watch it one more time here. We love those face-off plays. This one had a little more passing, and Baker had herself a World Cup with another goal right here. And what a goal it was. Coming down the ice, we got Rose looking for a way to stake the prey, but it gets kind of turned over to Beamer. Beamer hones in, passes it, uh, gets back to Rose, and Rose takes a oh look from behind the big circles. Um, let's take another look at that. I like this from its like tactical proficiency. Uh, Rose really adapted to the play and then executed right there. Next up, yeah. Next up, we got yeah. Next up, we got a shootout, and this one I really like because we got Aaron Beesman down the line. Aaron Beesman only a sixty-seven overall grinder, and he uh, was the second shot in the Canada Red lineup. And this uh, this goal right here helped Canada win this game. You love to see it from those depth guys being able to prove themselves in the high-stakes situations. Absolutely, and shout-out to Aaron Beesman, former Atlantic Buck champion that Potty Potty played with. Uh, moving on, we've got number four. Uh, it looks like East is trying to take the puck up, but Cooksey then takes it off of there. Goes on over, and it gets intercepted. Grace all the way back, and what a fantastic goal. From all the way back, looked like a hook shot or, you know, like David and Goliath with the thing that swirls around in the right hand and releases a rock um, from all the a way back shot. there. Yeah, <laughs> slingshot. Uh, great play. All right, number five. Yeah, next up we got uh, USA North. Uh, McChuckles from Newton all the way over to Molyneux. And Molyneux hits it so hard, it just trickles right over the goalie. Mike Twinscrew couldn't do anything about this one. Uh, that shot pretty much went through him, hit him in the chest, and right over his head. Yeah, that was a great, great one. Great attempt by Twinscrew as well. And so next up, we got Potty Potty on the faceoff. And look what happens. Potty wins it, passes it to Reed. Reed to Cooksey. Cooksey's against the board. 
Uh, gets pulled out. Reed gets it. Oh, gives it to Potty, the miracle worker. What's Potty going to do with it? Oh, pass it to Cooksey for a goal. And moving on to number 11, or number seven. Yeah, next up we got USA East up here against Europe. Uh, over to Lee. Lee hits it, and it's another one of those shots that, that goes right through the goalie. Uh, you know, if you this just goes to show you, if you keep shooting the puck right at the goalie, eventually they're going to break and it's going to go right through them. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of goalies, to wrap us out, we've got a massive superhuman play by Coco Raccoon. Check this out. <laughs> oh my god across the entire court let's see that one more time and this was with no assistance just pure grit practically and, scored there yeah practically and those were our plays of the week all right next up we have a very special guest today he is a two-time pro all-star game player a two-time pro all-star game coach he was in the world cup twice he was a world cup coach and also a Gretzky Cup champion. We got Trevor Lopez with us today. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's a pleasure to be on here. How's it going, Trevor? How's uh, how's your day going so far? Um, all things going well. Can't complain. You know, with the off season in full effect, you got to keep busy, especially with progressions. But you know, I'll take what I can get. It's been awesome. pretty nice. Yeah, I think you only got one one guy left to progress, so only only one person to nag for the next twenty four hours. But uh, for anyone who, for some reason, doesn't know Trevor Lopez, why don't you give us the the rundown of who you are in the league and uh, and why don't you let us know what legacy you'll be leaving behind as well? All right. So to those who don't know me, I am Trevor Lopez. I am the second wing center slash left wing for the Florida Challengers. And I also coach, GM, manage, and pretty much every official job you can list for the Florida Challengers. Um, I've been an owner since this league's inception four seasons or five seasons ago now. And um, as for a legacy, the legacy I want to leave is I don't know how muddy championship his team will win when i'm done owning it but i want to leave legacy that no matter how we finish in the staff's department i want to be the owner that players were proud to be with i strive and put every single ounce of my will into progressing this team to be the best it can be and i want to make sure my players have fun doing it because that's what matters the most that's what matters most at the end of the day with this league and i want to be someone that players can be proud to be at to play under that's that's what i want to be known for awesome yeah i mean you're you're definitely halfway there uh i everyone definitely has good words for you about you and uh i, I wouldn't doubt uh that's the legacy you're gonna leave behind yeah and and what a uh selfless legacy to leave behind that your players enjoyed the maximum experience because you put in everything you could into it so as a segue into that, I'm curious, what drove you to your current position as owner, general manager, and all other things of the Florida Challengers? So it's a funny story going all the way back to this league's inception. When I was first invited to this league by Cregan, there were only 10 people in this chat at the same time. And he put out an all-around feeler asking for owners. Now, me, being someone whose only hockey knowledge at the time came from being in a fantasy hockey league, 
I was way in over my head when I first joined, but I figured, you know what? Why not try it? And somehow, some way, that ended up to where I am now. But it came a point, and I like to attribute the end of the season three finals against Dublin to it, where it finally hit that maybe I wasn't over my head when I first joined. But I wanted to get to a point where I know this game like the back of my hand. And that loss is what drove me to want to give my all to this league. It, knowing how hard that loss hit to both myself and, most importantly, to my players, that was a turning point for how I wanted to manage the team. And I feel since then, I have a newfound passion for this league. I, not only do I want to see it grow, but I want to grow myself as both an owner and a leader, more importantly. And I want to hopefully keep that trend going into this season. Wow. wow. Awesome. Yeah, Trevor, what a great response. Like, I've had a lot of answers on this show, but that one is one of the most thoughtful. And it really comes back to these core values that you have of leadership. So your players are really lucky to have you. Thank you, sir. That means a lot. So, truly, kind of, kind of steering in the same direction. Uh, being an owner here for five seasons, what uh, for the challengers? What is the most challenging thing uh, about uh, being o- an owner slash manager? I'd say for me personally, the most challenging thing is the fact that as someone who takes most of the workload by myself, that also means by de facto most of the losses fall under myself as well. As I take this league very personally, probably too seriously to a degree, and when I lose, I know it's probably because of my strategies, my game plans, and the mental wear and tear of being an owner is something that has always been hard to deal with. But, you know, it's as the old saying goes, it's not how you get knocked down, it's how you get back up on your feet. And to me, that's the most important and difficult thing to learn when you're an owner. Yeah, Here? I mean, it's so. Yeah, uh, I I completely agree with you. I mean, I've I've been lucky recently to have someone like Leathers to uh, to, to fall back on strats with, uh, because in season one slash most of season two that that was in that same position and and it wears on you like every loss and and when you you aren't playing well you just kind of feel like it's all on you and it's and it's definitely tough when you don't have that that uh you know support system hopefully within the near future you have some some players or or some affiliates step up and help you out because uh i mean any any person would be lucky to be under your wing uh, in florida so I do hope you have some more support to, to help you through that. Um, yeah. What's up? What's next body. And, you know, on the concept of support, what do you feel attributed to your team making the finals two seasons ago, but failing to make it out of the second round of the playoffs last season? Whew. So to that, I have to attribute two things. The first one, as I hinted to earlier, was strategies. I am still, I'll fully confess that I am not the when it comes to setting stretch on EA, and I was simply outmatched by a better coach in Scurvy. He's, I cannot compliment enough how much of a great job he has done with that Jacksonville team, 
and he had me beat. I simply was outcoached, and I have no issue admitting that. And going to my second point, that Jacksonville team as a whole, I have to admit, was beyond talented. They deserved every single win they got against us. And honestly, I am I can't I can't complain. They just simply had us outbeat and hopefully we'll improve more this season and we'll be ready to get our revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And and I mean speaking of this season, I think this draft is one of the the most interesting drafts we had considering uh it's our first affiliation slash pro draft in one uh it had eight rounds every team pretty much had to draft you know five affiliates if they didn't sign them what um i guess how did your draft go what do you feel like you brought on to help you uh in the upcoming future so all in all i feel very satisfied with our draft um our first round pick was parker minion and if you look in my recent draft, my history of forwards, specifically Beamer, and then drafting Ironsides the year before, I have a huge thing for playmaking centers. I believe they help, they fill our offensive role to the best we need, and I feel that Parker had, in my opinion, one of the best playmaking builds in the entire draft. I'm very happy to have gotten him at 15, and hopefully next year we have roster spots, he'll be ready to jump in and contribute. Um, Jarhead in the second round, that felt like a no-brainer pick. We needed to improve our defense badly long-term, and with Portman's contract expiring at the end of the year, you got to have a safety net just in case. Um, third round pick was Johansson. Um, you guys already know that I have, I'm a sucker for non-conventional builds, be it two-way forwards, power forwards, and etc., and Johansson is a friend of mine from outside of goals. I, he's someone I know and trust can progress the way he should. And I want to help mentor him into being a both offensive defensive threat. Um, fourth round picks. Um, the Quavi, or I am definitely <laughs> butchering my own player's name and I apologize. The Quavion. I'm going to call him DT. DT's easier. He was, um, a former Vancouver affiliate the year before. I simply wanted to bring him back to our staff and give him a potential shot next year. And fifth round pick, um, Kenny Cage. He was a new player at the time. The pickings were slim, but we've had good talks with him since the draft. He's progressed. And I'm interested in seeing if that Darth Row pans out. So far, the signs are pointing upwards. Hopefully that trend continues. Awesome. So last year, your player broke the goals, top 10 leaderboards in not only assists, um, but also points. Are you satisfied with your player's performance? And if not, what does success look like for Trevor Lopez? Well, first off, let me just say that to be a top 10 in points and in assists as a player who specializes in a middle six role, that's humbling to have come so far in four seasons. So in terms of the bigger picture, I'd have to call it a success. But let's be honest, as all th- three of us are players, you don't just stop at top 10 and realize that's where I want to peak. Every year, you want to keep pushing yourself forward. And hopefully my player can take an even bigger ascent this season. 
But we'll see. All things considered, yes, I would call it a success. But call me greedy. I, I want, want more as well. What do you want, Chewie? Uh, I want less. I want less. I'm kidding. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. Uh, I've been. I wouldn't I've, be I've been on a downward less. trend since season season one, so <clears throat> I'm looking for a, a turnaround year this year. Um, so speaking of you know success for your player, uh, you do have a power forward build. It's personally one of my favorites. Obviously, Potty is a power forward. We're seeing a lot more uh, nowadays actually than the first three seasons. I first I think like the first three seasons there was like maybe three power forwards in the whole league. And now we're seeing a lot more. What would you say, you know, what progressions or what strats makes a power forward successful in this league? So in my personal opinion, I think the benefit of the power forward role is that you don't necessarily specialize in one general area. You're more of a jack of all trades, master of none at first. And to be honest, I feel it's good to lean into that. You're t- when you're a power forward, your team is supposed to rely on you for both offensive and defensive. So on some progressions, say playmaking centers, for example, you're going to want to go for offensive awareness to prioritize. But if you lean into the choose to offensive and defense awareness to start off as a power forward, that'll go wonders into developing your forward. You want to create your player to be as diverse as humanly possible to fill that jackknife role on the team and um addition to that when at the beginning of every preseason please develop your puck control you start off very low for the most part to begin with but if you can boost up that cap and raise it up to the 90s that'll go a long way into making your player a versatile threat sweet all power forwards listen to that you'll be in the top 10 in no time yeah, I might need to rethink my plan. That's we, Chewie, we're gonna to have to have a conversation. <laughs> um, and so great advice. Like uh, as a power forward, I'm biased in this, but I thought that was phenomenal because that was specifically relevant to me, and uh, I can find a lot of value in that. So on the topic of advice, what advice do you have for any minors players that were hoping to be drafted to a pro team last week? So, for minor league players, the biggest advice I could possibly give you, and I could not stress this enough, put your name out there. No matter how often you have to do it, no matter whether it's in Twitch chat, in Discord general chat, or in DMs, make sure the owners know your name. I cannot stress enough how important it is, because the one thing this league thrives off of, and the thing that most owners look for, activity. They want players that know that they know are going to be committed to not only the team, but uh, being an active member of the league community. And that is something that is an asset that most owners will prioritize players above similar players. Sweet. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. You see it every draft, uh, you know, the active players, uh, you know, going, going ahead. Uh, well, a couple, well, a couple more questions. One for me, do you have any shout outs you want to put out to the league or any causes outside the league? Any, anything you want to shout out to, to the people watching? Well, of course, um, I already gave you guys your shout out when the show first started. Um, 
I'd like to thank, of course, Cregan, um, Evan, and Doug, and, of course, you, Chewy, for all the work you guys put into this league. It has been, we have come so far since this league's inception four seasons ago, and we could not have gotten this far without you guys. So I want to say thank you. And as for a couple of other shout-outs, I want to give shout-outs to guys like JJ, um, Nate, Beamer, guys that I've had on my squad. I could not have gotten this far in this league without having good people by my side, people that I can talk to and trust with matters related to the team. And I want to thank you guys, among so many other of my challenger players, for being there with me by every step. The loyalty you guys show to the squad is something I, as an owner, could not have possibly gotten as far without. So thank you. Great. Excellent. Great way to kind of close things off. And as we think through the future ahead of us, you know, the the towering journeys that could unfold, you know, what does the future hold? And we're wondering, what is your vision? Where do you see goals five years from now? Five years from now? Well, let's see. Um, last I checked, we are at what five hundred, six hundred members right now. Can in, someone in, in the is that in the am Discord, I right about, there? Oh, oh, it's between five and six hundred in the Discord. Active players, I think. Yeah, we're sitting around four four hundred ish. All right. So going off of that number, with how many, with how active this community has gotten, specifically in the last real life year or so. I think that number could definitely end up going by a few hundred, and we've already created such a large community. I see no reason, with the ownership we have now and the leadership we have guiding us, why we can't expand that even by even a few hundred more. And unfortunately, as much as I would not like it as an owner who has to lose players, I would definitely like to see an expansion sometime down the road for this for this league if we get even more recruits to create more professional roles for minor league players, I could very well see that happening by season seven or season eight, perhaps. You, hear, you heard it here first. Trevor wants expansion. Let's, expansion. Uh, that's the headline. Expansion. <laughs> you... Trevor. <laughs> In... Want is a very strong word, but for the sake of the league, yes. Well, sweet. Um, and you talked about like there being an expansion of a hundred players or so. I am envisioning a hundred thousand. Imagine a global oh, connectivity <laughs> where you can simulate things in real time with no latency, no restrictions, and we can really scale this. Um, but sounds good. You could do the rosters and stats then <laughs> for 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 a hundred for a yes, hundred. I will gladly people. give you my job. Uh, but. Yeah. It's all Trevor, you, buddy. Thanks so much for joining us. This was a really awesome conversation. Appreciate you hopping on and wish you the best in the upcoming season. Yeah, thanks a lot, Trev. Yeah, thank you, guys. Like I said, it was a pleasure being here. Um, best of luck to you guys this season and go Challengers! Are you on tin yet? Are you on tin yet? Wait, are you on tin yet? Are you on tin yet? I live on tin. Wait, are you on tin yet?